welcome to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode we'll be talking about the villains of the Dream slash Dead Moon arc and Sailor Moon. So we've decided to take this in a different direction. Instead of starting with our protagonists first and then ending with the villains, we decided to start with the villains first and end with our protagonists. I think it makes more sense since our villains get a lot more focus, get a lot more personality than Especially our Especially in this do. arc. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the heroes are very much, um, their personalities change according to what the plot needs. <laughs> And this other, is true. And other times they can just be entirely flanderized. Like, they, they're they just one note. One trope. It's definitely very tropey, especially this season, which is why um, for the notes this time, I actually went on TV Tropes and actually looked up the tropes that would sort of line up with Sailor Moon Super S. And uh, I have them listed here. So overall for the Dead Moon Circus, I put... Uh, Circus of Fear trope, and Foul Flower, so F-O-U-L, for Mamoru's chest flower when he's sick in the manga, and all of the black roses in anime Elysion. Again, anyone who wants to look at those tropes individually, feel free to go to TV Tropes. Yeah, I didn't know Foul Flower was a trope. Neat. Yeah, apparently, (laughs) apparently that's something that's used in a lot of different things. I'm going to start looking for it now. (laughs) also if my voice sounds a bit strange it's because i have a cold and i'm doing my best to get over it but yeah so those are the major tropes for the dead main circus overall and then going down to our leadership of nehelenia and zirconia their tropes are trying to take over the world shocker monologuing evil laugh obsessed with the main and start of darkness, since we do have flashbacks to how Nehalenia became Nehalenia, both in the manga and in the anime. Um, and in both the manga and the anime, there are clear parallels to fairy tale villains. We have Sleeping Beauty's Evil Fairy, where she casts a curse on Princess Serenity, uh, the evil mirror from Snow White, the devil's mirror, and the ensorcelment of Mamoru from the Snow Queen. Yep. So in the manga, we see more of Nehalenia than we do of Zirconia. Zirconia is almost... I don't really remember Zirconia in the manga, do you? She's more just kind of a puppet. She's yeah. there, but she definitely leaves less of an impact. Whereas in the anime, she's the face. Which makes sense. The manga was a little bit confusing as to the relationship between the two. And the anime, um, the manga was confusing with the relationship between the two. And the anime, I feel like, clarified it a bit, where uh, Zirconia is, like, her representation in the physical world while she is trapped in the mirror world. Right. So, in the manga, Nehalenia, her backstory is completely different from the anime, and that she's definitely an original denizen of the moon, but, like, of an evil part of it. Um, and her whole thing is, I want the moon, it belongs to me, and so she curses Princess Serenity. Um, of course, as the manga proceeds, it's like, you didn't have the power to cause the end of the moon kingdom, that was destiny, that existed outside of you. You suck. <laughs> she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't have a court, unlike anime Nehalenia, she doesn't have, like, a whole bunch of underlings. Um, she's just an evil thing and the mirror doesn't come from outside of her the mirror belonged to queen serenity and she was sealed away inside of it um after she cursed the princess yeah either way it gets very confusing especially because in the anime um her backstory any of the story <laughs> is mm-hmm. kind of rushed it's kind of like oh by the way uh, she exists, she's got a background, she's got a motive, and here it is, there you go. Anyways, now we're done. Now she's dead. <laughs> well, not dead, but right. you know. Now she's right. defeated. It's very, it's very weak. Uh, in the anime, Zirconia has more of a presence, even though she doesn't really do anything until the end. It's very interesting in that Zirconia seems like, um, the worst boss ever to the Amazon trio in that she's demanding results but not actually giving them the resources to produce those results. 
And when the Amazonas Quartet comes around, they all treat her like she's a bumbling fool, you know? Yeah. And I guess part of that is because Nehalenia actually starts to appear in the anime. And so Zirconia has to be a lackey rather than a villain. Right. Well, you know, you said it best during our episodes recording that the biggest issue with these villains is just poor management. That's the chronic issue with them. Because mm-hmm. um, when we, we we'll, we'll get to the Amazon trio, but they had way less resources or direction than the quartet did. And I mm-hmm. think the quartet only got more support because, you know, it's the the squeaky wheel gets the grease. They they were harder. They they questioned. They were harder on Zirconia. They <laughs> they uh, gave her a hard time. It's like, well, you keep you're the one giving us targets. You keep giving us crappy targets. We can't get anything done with all that with with what you're giving us. Like that's why Palapala was the most successful because she just kind of like effed off and did her own thing. She's just like, I'm just gonna gather as many children as possible check out their mirrors all at once and move on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, it was know. definitely... It was definitely interesting. And then also with, like, Nehalenia's background just being different. Like, she's from another planet. And then mm-hmm. she destroyed her own planet and then drifted, I guess, in space with her mirror until she saw the moon and was like, I want what she has. Right. And then somehow found out about the golden crystal and then was like, I want the golden crystal and Helios as my king. And it's like, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah. She really did just decide stuff. She really did. She was just like, I'm, I want this. And it's like, what are you talking about? And everyone's just like, hey, we can work with you. But like, if you just sort of rationalize a little bit more and she's like I'm not going to I choose not to um yeah so I we do have a lot of examples of creepy older older men and younger girls like I don't want to say relationship because in a lot of cases it's not relationships it's just right it's just uh, interest creepiness awkwardness anyways right. Uh, this is a predatory behavior from an older person towards a younger person. There you go. Yeah. And this is the only example I, I can think of that we see of the reverse with an older woman thirsting for Helios, who is clearly Mm -hmm. coded. Like, I know he's like some kind of immortal being, eternal being. He's clearly coded to be younger though. Right. (laughs) This is a boy. Leave the boy alone. What is wrong with you? (laughs) It's also, like, Helios, like, she's like, I want both you and the crystal, and Helios is like, that's not how this works. But, I mean, if the golden crystal accepts you, it accepts you, and if it doesn't, then you're gonna be hurt. And she's like, well, I'm gonna go for it anyway. And then she's mad that the golden crystal rejected her, and it's like, I literally told you what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I warned you, like I told you, if you don't have pure intentions or a pure dream, the golden crystal will reject you with holy flames. And then she touched it and it rejected her with holy flames. What madness is this? But, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's just very funny in that, like, in the manga, Nahalenia doesn't seem to really be aware at all of the golden crystal, but she knows that if you attack Helios and Elysion, you can um, debilitate the earth. You know, so in the manga, the golden crystal belongs to Mamoru. That's like a completely separate thing. In the anime, the golden crystal is guarded by Helios and has no attachment whatsoever. Um, And also Nehalenia's mirror in the anime just sort of seems to be evil and from nowhere. Yeah. Well, the mirror, it seems like there's there's hints that there's I I think they're going to tie it into the next villain. No. Because, um... No, it's it's not tied into Galaxy at all. Oh, it's not? No. Who's the voice? Who's the evil voice? That's Galaxia. So she just utilizes... Well... Yeah, she just used Nehalenia to try to weaken the Earth. Gotcha. But yeah, she didn't... No, the, the, the mirror is not she, from her. 
See, no, this the is big, the issue. The There's big, so you, many confusing things in this season. We're just like, uh, I think it was this. Nope, that's not it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the big <sighs> evil mirror and like Nehellenia and stuff is not, to my recollection, referenced at all in stars because they're busy doing other things. Um, mm-hmm. But like where the mirror was shown in the manga to belong to Queen Serenity and then was basically hidden away because she sealed an evil person inside of it. The evil mirror in the anime just sort of appeared in Helena's kingdom one day and basically convinced her to kill all of her people, take their dreams, and establish immortal life and eternal youth. Yep, and stay young and beautiful forever. That was her number one thing. It's really strange, and, you know, because before the the last six episodes, like in the earlier episodes of Say That Living in S, and the first six episodes of Stars versus uh, the latter half of Super S, it showed that Nehalenia watched the moon from her cold, dark, dead planet. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, does she come from Nemesis, like where the black moon ended up with Wise Man? Like, is that her planet? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, I forget if it's the anime or the manga. They say it's an asteroid at some point, but that's not touched on again. I mean, that would have to come from the anime because that's not a thing in the manga. Okay. Because in the manga, she was very much from the moon. She was just like an evil part of the moon. Right. Yeah, then I, I th- it must have been the the anime. But again, it's like the anime kind of does a switch because they keep doing this depiction of her alone and her complaining about having been alone. And then they do this heel turn where they're like, actually, she was a prince, a, a queen in her own right with a court of awesome people. And then, and then she turned on them and turned them into the circus and then was alone. And, and I'm very confused about that because it's like, wait. She turned them into the circus, and then she was al- why was Why was she alone? When was she alone? Because her court right, got turned into the circus, so she should have been in the circus. She was never right, so alone. Like, right, where did the Lemurez go in that in-between time, between when yeah. she turned them all into the Lemurez, and when she went to go get the Golden Crystal? Like, she's like, I'm all alone, and everyone's abandoned me. And it's like, okay, again... That's they're, not what happened. <laughs> they're literally right there. They're still right there. They're still there. <sighs> yeah. She's got very... I, I almost wish they had, like, leaned into her dramatic, spoiled brat mentality. Because that's what it is. You know, she's a spoiled brat. And it's poor management. She's kind of a mean girl. She's Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I want to stay young forever. I can't stand how pretty that other queen is. I want to take that kingdom for myself because I deserve all the bestest things because I'm the prettiest. Is Nehalenia like a warning for narcissistic billionaires? No. (laughs) She's just her own mess. Sure, but like it feels very Elon Musk. I'm all alone and I'm so smart and clever and pretty. More like and I'm going to destroy everything around me. Right. More like (laughs) just entitled people, but Mm. like unlike billionaires, she's not she's not making anything either, you know. Or not that they make things; they pay people people to make things. But yeah, Mm. she just feels like things should be handed to her. Yeah. Um. I don't know. So like Elon Musk. Yeah, it's definitely a warning against <laughs> vanity. Yeah, there's, for there's sure. There's a lot more vanity than greed. Yeah. There really is. I found myself... It's very interesting how they chose to write the villains in the anime, because it almost seemed like they weren't really sure what they wanted the villains to be. Oh, definitely. But they spent a lot of time on the villains. And there was obviously, there there had to have been disagreement or miscommunications in the writer's room because it seems like, uh, first of all, it seems like too many cooks in the kitchen. And 
none of them were using the same page of the textbook or of, of the cookbook, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many things that were kind of thrown out there and just didn't make sense. For example, you know, Nehelenita's backstory, we have not only plot holes, but contradictions. And, for example, the Amazon trio, who, uh, when you look at those characters, we complained a lot that their motivation didn't make sense. I yeah. feel like I feel like these could have been really fun characters, but they coded them as predatory for no reason. They didn't make... Their reason for being creepy and um, preying on young women was really never fleshed out. Like, they go through the trouble of, like, trying to seduce their victims, and they never say why. (laughs) Yeah, it's very strange. Like, definitely in, in both R and S, there was more of a, like, we basically just have to get these people isolated so that we can attack them. Um, right. And that was not the case for the Amazon tree, but we'll talk about that when we get to, to them. Next right. up on our list is the Amazonist Quartet. Uh, mm. So their tropes are late anti-villain uh, in that they turn against the villains. They are evil minions. They are affably evil uh, in that they do have like some real dark shit, but they're nice about it. Dark magical girl for the manga only because they are the asteroid century that have been corrupted. And then at the end, friendly enemy. Right. In the manga, they are the future asteroid century corrupted by dead maid magic. So there's parallels to Endymion's Shitano, except these girls get purified and live on. So unlike Mamoru Shitano, who just fully die. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot... It's way more interesting in the manga because they seem to be coordinating most of the attacks. So Zirconia is sort of there, but the Amazonist Quartet is like, here's how we do things. And interestingly enough, uh, when I was like going through the, the manga scenes, Pala Pala seems to be using her orb the most to kind of target the, the sentry. Uh, and they are also in charge of the Amazon trio and deploying them. And then also Xeno Light slash Xeno Time against venus right more there's a more obvious parallel between each of them to each of the inner century so it's more obvious that palapal lines up against mercury and sarah sarah against venus etc in the manga i also want to say they seem older uh in Mm. the anime they definitely emphasize that they are younger and i i feel like with both art styles those age differences can be a little bit hard to uh, depict. Uh, You know, even from teenager to adult, that line is very blurred. So from younger teen to older teen, it's even harder to to tell. But uh, in the anime, I feel like personality-wise, and at least in English, I think the voice actress choices helped really define that they are younger, they're, you know, children on the cusp of, um, you know, teenage. Yeah, I, I think there are certain things I feel like the anime did really well with them. Um, like I said, doing that definition there with the age. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that they're antagonistic towards Nihelenia. Um, yeah, so I, I really like how in the anime they're more mischievous children. Yeah. In the manga, there's a lot more villain focus on we know what our goal is and we know who we're after. You know, right. like initially, initially the Dead Moon Circus was like, oh shit, we didn't know the White Moon was still alive, but now we know we have to take care of them. They're a lot more regulated and aware of like who their own threat, who, who the threat is to them. Um, whereas in the anime, uh, it's just kind of like, whatever (laughs) right and i I think um you know you're saying how in the manga they are a lot more self-sufficient they don't depend on zirconia uh as much but i think zirconia having more of a role was um a good idea uh i also feel like the way she has this um 
disgruntled nanny mentality <laughs> help helps emphasize that youthfulness that they have, that childishness they have. It really is too bad that, you know, because they don't get as much development in the manga, and yet, lore-wise, they become the future senshi. Uh, the anime, they would have taken on that role better because their arc was more clear. So I, I feel like it's kind of too bad that they they didn't get that. They didn't rise to becoming future senshi. Uh, right. I, it was so strange to me that it showed them as children playing in the Amazon jungle um, who are corrupted by Nahelenia. And yeah. then, you know, they realize the corruption, they break these orbs that, you know, stole their power to fuel the circus. And then they just, what happens to them? Yep. You know, we, we don't have, like, they're abandoned, essentially. Yeah. And that bothered me. Yeah. I mean, they, they had that reform, and it was actually a really good reform arc, because they did set it up competently. And then they're like, okay, so they're, like, human now, I guess. You know? <laughs> Instead of, like, like they could have had this moment, like, like the reason you have these powers, the reason, because they even emphasize that the powers are powers that Nehalania, like, tapped into, not mm -hmm. powers that she necessarily granted them. It could have been the fact that these are actually your senshi powers that she forced to kind of like awaken. That would have mm -hmm. made sense, right? It's like this is your magic. This these are your powers. The, the they're but they are not meant to be awakened yet. This is your future, your destiny in the future. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah, they're it made almost no there. sense because they didn't they weren't restored to being like perfectly normal humans. Like they still had uh -huh. magic powers. Like they used their magic against Nahalania to like replace the golden crystal with the pineapple. Like they still had those <laughs> powers once the orbs were destroyed, you know? So it's just like, no, they're still super powered creatures, but like, who are they? Where, like, what do they belong to? Like, what is this? Like, this makes, like, please explain. And we're not given enough time with them. No, and you should, you don't understand. South, South American people just have magic. <laughs> we just do. I, okay. <laughs> Any, anyone who lives in the Amazon has magic. Don't you know that? <laughs> right, 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 right. All of the uncontacted tribes of the Amazon, they all have magic powers. And colorful hair yeah yeah i look i love takeshi sensei but i hate the hair she gave the amazonist quartet like it's <laughs> it's so weird and so bizarre like like vest vestas is probably or like um vestas like whichever you want however you want to call her like is probably the most realistic but everybody i'm just like what is this yeah you know like, what is this? And I'm just like, oh, maybe that's just, like, their hair when they're, like, corrupted as the quartet. No, that's their hair. Yeah. Yeah. Even as Senshi. <laughs> a lot of spheres. It's just so much. It's very weird. Um, yeah. Especially as, like, and, and they're... I mean, they could have used a redesign for the anime if they're changing so much anyways. Uh, a redesign wouldn't have been a bad idea. <laughs> but then how would we know? Yeah. Uh but, but they can't they can't they can't do a character redesign like mm. that when it's an adaptation. I guess. You know. I say this um but like I say this knowing that in the live action the way that Shitano are dressed and the way that like Prince Endemia's outfit looks it's definitely like it physically hurts me sometimes to look at prince Demian's outfit in the live action <laughs> i don't hideous. know i i am i feel like adaptations are the perfect perfect opportunity to switch things up i mean they do anyways they do story wise sure so, i i think just because like they were being published at the same time right right then yeah they would have had to have hired someone to 
come up with brand new character designs instead of just adapting mm-hmm. the ones that were already there. So that's yeah. that's more money, and it doesn't look like money was a major. Uh, they weren't trying to spend a lot on this season. <laughs> they didn't have money in this season. Like yeah. you could tell, like in especially. Uh, in the last few episodes of Super S and even in the first six episodes of Stars, you could tell which scenes had budget and which scenes did not. Right. Like, almost frame by frame, you could be like, ah, they had no money for this one. Right. It's like, ah, this is what they were saving for. And it's mostly dumped at the end of the season. uh, Yeah. On specific scenes. And when when they do have the budget, it looks fantastic. This is just a pretty show. But, yeah, but when they don't have the budget, it's uh, sad, kind of sad. It was very obvious their budget was slashed in Super S. I don't think, I still don't think it dipped as bad as it did in the beginning of R, though. I feel like the beginning of R had just the ugliest, <laughs> just the worst little potato faces. I don't know how much of that is budget and how much of that was just time. Mm. And again, it's one of those things where, like, I wish we had someone who was part of the production just kind of, like, write a book or, be, or like, a blog or something. Like, this is what it was like working on Sailor Moon. That'd be cool. In, in the 90s. Because it's just, like, I would love to have that insider information to just be, like, I'm not judging you. This is clearly a, a show that matters to a lot of people. I don't know what that would do to a person's career if they were to do that in Japan. But, like, I would just love to know, like, all of the production history. I just yeah. want to talk to the people. I can't, because even if I could find them, I am i don't speak Japanese fluently. And I doubt many of them would speak English fluently enough to have a conversation about these things. Yeah. I do know that would definitely be popular here. Uh, it is oh, yeah. kind of It is kind of interesting how... Um, things have evolved as far as uh, the fans and, like, the production crew. Because Mm. now with the internet and social media, we're almost always keyed in or tuned in to what is going on with uh, the production of our favorite shows, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, they're on hiatus because of this. Oh, the studio just slashed their budget, you know? Um, right, and unfortunately, they like the studios also get instant feedback, so they change things according mm-hmm. to what fans are demanding, which is honestly terrible. Don't listen to to the fans. Yeah, stay true to your story. It's it's really too bad when you see that happen, especially when it's. I mean, there Obvious. are some yeah, there are some subtle examples of that, and then there are some examples where I'm just like, whoa, this is just a different show now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, where it's just like, oh, but the fans really want this, and it's like, well, tell them that's what fan fiction is for. Right. You Could know, you imagine and... Avatar, Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, they had it planned out for, you know, Katara and Ang to wind up together, and, um, and a lot of people were shipping Katara and Zuko. To this day, people yeah. for Katara and Suko. And again, no problem as far as fandom goes. Write your fan fictions, go off, it's all good. But yeah. could you imagine how much that would change the show? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, like, it was one of those things where I'm like, uh, the whole show has clearly told us, like, Katara and Anger, Endgame. Like, that. that's not, like, alluding to it. That's It was straight text in the show. Like, these two were Endgame. Uh, and then people yeah. to be like, but Katara and Zuko got along so much better. Uh, Katara wanted to murder Zuko for a really long time. Right. Um, you know, like, she got over it, but she was still very much like, I will accept you because someone has to teach Aang firebending. And also you did volunteer to help me murder the shit out of the dude who murdered my mom. You know, so like, we're cool now. But, um... Yeah, like, Zuko betrayed her in Ba Sing Se, and she was like, you know what, fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> well, I, I'm not even and just like, talking that. I'm talking get, about the mechanics the of the show. Because, right, like, like I, I get it. I get why. Yeah, because she, she's the narrator, and if they just kind of 
effed off and ditched Aang, that would be very unsatisfying because it's like, why is he even there anymore? And also, uh, Zuko's relationship was instrumental in the fall of his sister Azula. Because if he hit, he, uh, what's, what's her name? Mai. Mai, yeah. With Mai, um, she, her feelings for Zuko, their relationship was her reason for betraying Asula and her friendship with, um, anyways, it, it just had a very key part of, uh, Azula's companions turning against her. And, right, and th- and also long term they wouldn't work out. I know, but I'm not. I'm not like, even talking about long term. I'm just talking about within the context, within the mechanics of the story, for A to lead yeah. to B, to B to be lead, lead to C, and to keep the emphasis on specific characters. You can't mm-hmm. be like, this is our main character, but everybody likes these characters more, so these are our main characters now, which happens these days. It does. I hate it. I hate it so much. It was so obvious with, like, what was the, sh- what's the show? Uh, Once Upon a Time, because, like, one actor, like, everyone was like, we love this guy playing Captain Hook because he's hot. And then, like, he became, like, the main character. Like, it was so weird. I stopped watching Once Upon a Time, like, halfway through season two, which apparently is, like, an inherited thing that I took from Lost. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, you're not you've decided already that your actual main character is no longer your main character. Right. And it was just really weird to kind of, but I would still follow it up like on the internet. Cause I'm like, I want to know how bad these people are fucking up. And um, <laughs> yeah, it just got worse. It was to the point where I'm like, you guys are listening to the internet too much and yeah. you abandoned everything. And none of this I mean, none of it made sense to begin with, but, like, it got real fucking weird. And I was just like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's wrong. Right. Um, but what would I expect from people who uh, helped run Lost, so. <laughs> right. I was just exactly. like, oh, shit, this is a bad robot production. I'm out. <laughs> right. I mean, for for as wonky as Sailor Moon can get at times, it does remember uh, who its main characters are. Uh, again, mm-hmm. they, they might focus on the baddies and their own, own situation, but you never have a moment where it's like, oh, Ami is really popular. Ami is the main character now. In fact, we ship Ami and Mamoru more. Ami and Mamoru are a couple now. And Usagi is also there. <laughs> we don't God, do that. We don't do that. <laughs> but, um... But anyway, back to to this episode, which is about the villains of the super ass art. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our our tangents and our our fury. Yeah, I mean, there's unfortunately there's not a whole lot to say about the characters, so I, I feel like if we waffle a little bit, it's fine. Because again, everybody is such a the characters are such caricatures in this season. They don't have a ton of personality. I, I think the Amazonist Quartet had the most personality out of this batch of villains. They're the most fun to spend time with. Their motivations make the most sense. You know, they're just kind of doing right. what they're being commanded to do. And, and it sucks because they only get like 15 episodes. Yeah. Well, I'm fine with that because if it gone I'm not. Them, I wanted more. I didn't want them to have more time to ruin them. That's fair. That's justifiable. But they didn't. Like, in all 15 episodes that they showed them, they were just, like, convincingly, campily evil. Yeah. You know? Like, they were cute, but they were also awful. Like, Palapala's the most innocent looking, and then they had her play with her dolls where she beheaded everybody. You know? Like... And and she was the most efficient <laughs> at gathering people. You know? Mm-hmm. She was the I most mean, even- on task. <laughs> I mean, even at the end where it's just like, okay, everything's in darkness, time to collect piles of children to steal their mirrors. She's like, all I right. Mean, like, well, it was all four of them at the end, and it was really great just seeing them sit on top of literal piles of, of unconscious <sighs> children, like, cackling about it. Like, this is this is what I want from my villains. Just unambiguous, bad intentions, <laughs> being evil. Yeah. 
Like, they didn't really do a heel turn until they saw, like, oh, we don't actually matter to Nehalenia. Like, she will bail on us. She will leave us to die. And they're like, we shouldn't be her friends anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, now that we're done talking about the Amazonas Quartet, we are down to the Amazon Trio. Mm-hmm. Um, so their tropes are late anti-villain, where at the end they switch, at least in the anime. They are obviously evil minions. They have the trope, even evil has loved ones, with Fisheye to Mamoru, and Hawkseye towards uh, Fisheye and Tiger's Eye at the end, when he volunteers to take out Shibuyusa. And also evil cannot comprehend good, because they did not understand what the point of dreams were. In the manga, they were fashionable nobodies. You know, they were animals <laughs> turned human, uh, and they were a one-to-one for Mars, Mercury, and Jupiter. So Tiger's Eye to Mars, Fish Eye to Mercury, Hawk's Eye to Jupiter, and then Venus got Xeno Time and Xeno Light. They had their goals, they went to accomplish them, Dead Moon was specifically going for the Senshi, Whereas in the anime, they were just kind of like, these people keep showing up. I don't know why. <laughs> why are you here? Why do you keep <laughs> like, messing what's... up my stuff? It's like, what are you? Why? Like, we don't know why you're interfering with our obviously evil plans. Uh, in the manga, they're very much like, oh, the white moon is here and they will fuck up our plans. So we have to go and take out um, all of her supports. They were all easily killed, but they were decent at their jobs. I liked how when Tiger's Eye went for Mars, at the end, it was just like, I just want to be, you know, like, happily married with, like, a bunch of money, which was, like, very interesting, because, like, the mirror showed Ray like, basically what anime Ray wants, and manga Ray was like, absolutely fuck no. That's funny. I don't want that at all. Like, that was what really, like, snapped Mars out of it. It was like, I don't need no man. I don't want no man. This is bullshit. Yeah. Like, um, for Fisheye, it was, in the manga, it was very much like, hey, nobody loves you. You're abandoned. And really, like, preyed on Ami's feelings of loneliness. And then Hawkseye was, Hawkseye almost got Jupiter. <laughs> like, Hawkseye did a really good job. Uh, I, I like that Xeno Time and Xeno Light thought that they, like, had tricked Venus, and Venus was like, no, I knew this was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, I don't, you don't get scouted like that. You know, she's like, I know what you were doing. You literally targeted three of my friends. Like, I'm next, obviously. Right. Um, she's like, I've been in this manga for a while. I know how it goes. <laughs> right? She's I know the patterns. Like, like, she's like, I straight up had three manga before this. I know what's happening. <laughs> You know, it's like, damn right you ain't. Like, let's get over this. Um, so in the anime, you've heard us say everything we have to say about the Amazon trio. Yeah, I mean, and we even touched on it a little bit earlier this episode. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really too bad. They've got some great costumes. They've got some yeah. great moments. I feel like their personalities, I, I feel like we would have enjoyed their personalities more if it wasn't ruined by the creepiness of how predatory they are. There was just no reason to make them so predatory. Just none. And I feel like that really ruined our enjoyment of that that part of the season and our enjoyment of those characters in general. I wish they had been allowed to be more flamboyant. I think there were times where I really liked, when they were allowed to be flamboyant and ridiculous, I really liked them. Yeah. But um, especially for Tiger's Eye and Hawk's Eye, there was more of, there seemed to be more of an effort to make them more masculine. Which made no sense. <laughs> it really made no sense, especially for Hawk's Eye. Um, and then, you know, like, I didn't like, I really didn't like the casual homophobia against Fisheye and kind of like how, and I really hated whatever the fuck was going on with Tiger's Eye. Yeah. And Tiger's yeah. Eye, he got the most screen time. And he was, he was the worst. <laughs> God, he was awful. Like, they barely used Fisheye at all. Like, I think Fisheye had, like, four episodes before we got to the end of the Amazon trio. And then it was, like, surprise, you guys were all actually animals that we turned into, like, minions for us. And it's just like, what? 
They they set that up better in the manga. And in the manga, they straight up were like, "We're going to turn these animals into people, and yeah. you can retain your fi- your human form if you kill the senshi." You know, whereas in the anime, it was just like, "Wait, we're we've not even been people this whole time." Yeah, and which, if they had set that up in the anime, I feel like their obedience to zirconia, their fear of zirconia, would have made more sense because we have this. Um, disconnect where the trio doesn't take her serious at all she's this big imposing master that they have to bow Mm -hmm. down to and then we switch to another set of uh henchmen and now she's a bumbling idiot and it's like wait is this the same person and had they established right off the bat that you're you're not even like people you're just animals that i turned in to humanoid form so you can do my bidding Mm -hmm. and if you don't do my bidding i continue right on back to animals that would like right again this all like comes right back down to like the dead main circus and super ass not like telling us what their end goal is from the start like not telling us like we want to take over the world you know like this is like we were trying to get something it was just kind of like we're some sort of nebulous evil that's just trying to take pegasus out of a dream mirror for what don't know you know and it's not like east asian mythology isn't full of examples of animals trying to become human or like trying to become some sort of elevated form Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like you have it within your culture like the story exists yeah you know like the original sailor moon anime was never concerned with like how do we make this appeal to a global population they didn't give a shit about that they're like we're making an anime for japanese people and if it has international uh, um, appeal, not a cl- appeal, that's appeal. what it is, then that's lovely, you know, but that's not what we're, we're not writing this for anybody other than Japanese people. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you have this, it's within the source material. Why did you choose to do it this way? Right. You know, like it could have been, you know, I really was very annoyed with how little emphasis there was on the circus as a whole within the anime, because it was the central part of the manga. Like the circus appeared and all of the good guys were like, so we know that's evil. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and in the anime, they didn't even realize there was a circus until the quartet showed up and the tent had been there since the eclipse happened. Yeah, it was really weird. They really barely used the circus in the anime it, it just it was pointless it's it almost like it didn't need bizarre. to be a circus yeah whereas like in the manga they're actually going to this there was actually a circus people are actually going to the circus our characters were going to the circus they were watching the show they were watching our um, our villains actually like perform mm-hmm. and it it tied it in whereas the themes are more just aesthetic themes when it comes to the anime there's no structural mm-hmm. the um, there's no structural tie-in like the the circus doesn't it's not a location like mm-hmm. it is in the manga. It's just really weird. Like they could have dressing. Yeah, they could have used this. Like it could have been like a people keep disappearing at the circus, you know, for the dream yeah. errors. And I don't know. That could have. And anyway. that would have made more sense than for whatever reason they have to seduce people, you know. Exactly. They could have circus tents that have different, you know, displays, fortune tellers and stuff like that. It's like, come, come over here, see this thing, you know? Yeah, it was so frustrating. What was it? It was Tiger's Eye who, like, pretended to be a fortune teller on the street yeah. for Mako's rider friend. I liked that. No, no, for the teacher. Yeah. See, well, he's like, he'll like be that. a fortune teller, and the teacher's just basically treating this as, like, a therapy dump session. Tiger's Eye's like, I didn't want to know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know what's happening. I just want to take your mirror. <laughs> Please right. stop telling me this. Yeah, it it didn't need to be uh seduction. There was just no reason. It didn't need to be creepy like that. They could have done so many yeah. things. They could they it was there. They had everything there to take it in a different direction and they just didn't. So they they wasted it truly. Yeah. Um speaking of the anime and aesthetics, we come to the Lemures. Mm-hmm. Where in the mo- so they're tr- so the tropes for the Lemurids are pretty simple: evil minions, mooks, monster clowns. Quite literally, the monster clowns. In the manga, 
they're basically evil soot sprites. They feed on dreams and they take, help take over the planet. They're just like weird, evil, nebulous shadow thingies. Yeah. That's all the Lemuras are. They didn't have any like clear physical forms. They weren't like the they weren't the circus performers like they yeah. are in the show. Yeah, in the anime, they are our monsters of the week and the reanimated corpses of the Hellenius court. That information was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I love that. See, that was a good adaptation. Because, again, you know, I was like, you know, like, you guys can do redesigns. They did a complete overhaul with the Lemures because they're like, we need our monsters of the week. Uh, I guess it's going to be these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, Monsters of the Week, it's, you know, like, not all of them were great. I loved all of the ball ones, like, Gomumaro, like, all, and then, like, the one that, like, bitched about how Gomumaro sucked, but she's here to avenge him because okay. he was, like, her cousin-in-law or something. Like, I did like the designs for most of them in the anime. Like, I was pretty fond of a lot of them. There was the one that showed up to kill the Amazon trio, like, that clown guy horrifying that dude scared me <laughs> i don't have like a fear of clowns but i was like mm, if i did that would make me turn off the tv this dude's scary <laughs> and i think i genuinely think like that one lemurez was like more capable than like everybody else yeah like he was fierce he took down the whole amazon trio by himself and like was definitely a danger to this entry that one guy who's getting underpaid. Yeah. He hasn't been noticed for a promotion yet. I don't even... He's basically like an outside consultant that they brought in because they need someone to get work done. Yeah. He's like, not even an employee. He's a consultant. He's like an outside person they have to hire temporarily. He doesn't even go here. <laughs> it's like he's not even one of us. Oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I... I'm kind of salty that the Amazon trio gets to be reborn as people. <laughs> I'm like, you suck. You don't deserve dreams. You don't deserve to be reborn. <laughs> they they really didn't do enough. They did too much wrong and didn't do enough right to balance it out. You know? Yeah, it was it was too little too late. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, ugh. I can't sympathize with you because you've been so creepy this whole time. It's like, I know that the Sailor Moon anime has a habit of rehabilitating villains, but I'm like, no, fuck them. <laughs> like, especially Tiger's Eye. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, like Tiger's Eye does not deserve a second chance. Tiger's yeah. Eye did not deserve a first chance. Right. He's he's a child predator. Guys. <laughs> oh my on. god. Yeah. Like, at least the other two, for the most part, stuck. Like, Fisheye was creeping on that one kid, but not not nearly as bad as Tiger Eye was. But for the most part, like, Fisheye went for adult men. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Hawkeye went for older women, because he's like, older women know what they want. Yeah. I mean, you really, like, at least Hawkeye was, like, preying on people who can consent if they choose to. Right? And some of them did. Some of them were like, yeah, you know, this is nice. Yeah, it's like, I like getting this attention. This is nice. And it's like, yeah, if he wasn't evil and this was all a trick, this is fine. You know? Right. She's like, Hawksai, if you were just a little less creepy about it. Right. I mean, if your intention, (laughs) I mean, if he was not a villain trying to steal their Mm -hmm. dreams and he was just like a younger guy who likes older ladies, it'd just be like, okay, you do you, bro. (laughs) <laughs> I will say him versus Tiger's Eye trying to win Minako's love. That was funny. That was perfect. That was I mean, cute. again, we'll talk about it in the, the Inner Century episode where, uh, again, Minako can do no wrong, has done no wrong, and is perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anytime an episode focuses on Minako, I'm like, I know I'm in for a good time. <laughs> right. It's golden. Like, it's like, yes, Minako episode. Fisheye, I feel like, was the one that was closest to being sympathetic, though. Again, unfortunately, there's that one episode where um, he goes uh, with the kid, and it's like, but again, it's kind of framed more like, this is a job, somebody needs to steal. But 
It's like somebody needs to steal his uh, mirror. But again, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, but why does the means need to be seduction? That's that's where it's like... Yeah, that would make no sense because the kid, the kid was alone at school. Yeah. You just would say, hi, can you help me out? And the kid would be like, okay. And it's just like, I thought I was going here. Am I going in the right direction? And the kid would be like, oh, no, actually what you need is... And then as soon as the kid turns to point in a direction, just be like, anyway, dream mirror. Right. Like... <laughs> don't you don't have to be nice to your victim right it, it doesn't wow that's oh my god like i'm glad we're not a big podcast because that is a horrible soundbite <laughs> you don't have oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me but i literally put like my hands to my eyes like oh my god You're like, like what just came out my mouth <laughs> <laughs> they're bad guys be bad <laughs> That's what I meant. Fictional bad guys don't have to be nice to their fictional victims. <laughs> oh, Lord. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yep. And on that sweet note, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, so there have been some changes. Um, starting August 8th, which will have passed by the time this episode goes up, we are no longer going to be on Twitter because I can no longer stand to have like the X symbol on my phone for Twitter since Twitter has changed to X. I can't endure this anymore. I'm sorry, guys. I got scared. So I forgot that I had Twitter on my phone because I don't really do Twitter. And Uh I was on my phone and I saw that there was a big X there and I freaked out because I thought that maybe it was some malware because I didn't know about all that stuff yeah and i was like oh my god how did this app get on my phone what is it and i was like i'm not gonna open it what if it's a trap no it's just twitter so i did create like nothing's on there yet but i did create an account on blue sky which is basically created by like the original founder of twitter um because people are like what do we do now like so i've created us uh I've created us an account on Blue Sky uh, at Oshiokio Pot. It's the same thing on Tumblr. We're staying on Tumblr, obviously. So just search for Oshiokio Pod. Uh, again, you can always contact us through email at oshiokiothepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, recently, I noticed that there was a change to the person who created our artwork. So thank you to Ray Daly for the use of his artwork for our podcast. Please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or, tsukini gawatte! Oh, oh shit, yeah. yeah.